we will begin a new series today on spiritual mindedness spiritual mindedness and what i'm going to do this morning is an introduction to this whole matter of uh, being spiritually minded these classes as are beginning today are so because i have been thinking about this particular matter of being spiritual spiritually minded or heavenly minded or having godward thoughts among the people of god those who profess christ to be their lord and savior and the holy spirit to be indwelling them so so it's a thing that i have thought about for a while now and so i i, I thought that as this year begins um it would be important for you to <clears throat> to be spiritually minded to be a spiritually minded believer to think spiritual thoughts to have spiritual affections towards god in this world now i am aware that i am mostly speaking to christians and therefore i have thought it would be of much encouragement to you to receive exhortation on what John Owen calls the the grace and duty of being spiritually minded. Now, I'm I'm not purporting to be the most spiritually minded saint here. You know, one one would think that uh, <clears throat> the pastors are the most spiritually minded people. Um uh, but that's that's not quite the case. Um <clears throat> because I am not the most spiritually minded um <clears throat> all of us here right now uh need much teaching uh much correction even rebukes on this particular matter of being spiritually minded now <clears throat> I'd like you to think with me as the class continues whether you are a spiritually minded christian as the class continues please think am i spiritually minded would the things that we would be considering true of you how do you how do you think as a christian do you have spiritual thoughts spiritual affections are you heavenly minded I like you to think uh about that question as we continue with these classes. Now, why do this? <clears throat> why uh uh consider this whole matter of spiritual mindedness? <clears throat> Now, we've constantly been reminded that <clears throat> that we are hemmed in on every side by the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've constantly been told <clears throat> that the world is out to get us our flesh rises up against the spirit of God and the devil is out to put the Christian down so we we have to consider this whole matter of being spiritually minded because the Christian is not getting into the Christian life uh, a life of uh, joy and endless bliss without troubles as long as they are in this world when you become a christian you 
you you you you're as it were signing a contract that you would be waging war against your flesh against the world against the devil and those things would not let you be they will not let you be and so this whole matter of being spiritually minded is particularly important now consider with me the world that the world wants to imprint itself in your mind to govern the way you think and do things to impose upon you ideas and philosophies of how you should live and conduct yourself this is how the world wants you to be the world wants you to walk and talk and live and conduct yourself in a particular manner and we know that the world in all its systems is against the god of the bible and 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 because if we love the world the love of the father is not in us then the world wants exactly that the world wants us to love it to follow it uh, to 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 follow the course of this world now unfortunately <clears throat> many christians are wildly in their ways um they are earthly in their man of life Again, please think with me as we continue with this this class. Are you spiritually minded or are you earthly minded? Are you worldly in the way you think and therefore in the way you conduct yourself? Unfortunately and sadly this is this is this is how many Christians walk. Many have a form of godliness but denying its power. Not, they're not spiritually minded. Now listen, listen to John Owen here. He says, quote, In their habits, attires, and vestments, in their usual con converse, you know, conversation, and misspends of time, in their over-liberal entertainment of themselves and others, and to the borders of excess, and sundry other things, and, and many other things of a like nature, there is in many such a conformity unto the world a thing severely forbidden that it is hard to make a distinction between them and John Owen is saying here that in our habits in our attires as it were our uh, uh, the way we the way we dress the way we conduct ourselves the way we we speak our conversations the way we spend time you know the way we entertain ourselves the way we entertain others John Owen is saying here that we we do it so much we get to the borders of excess and then and then we con we are conformed to this world something which the bible forbids us so much so that it is hard to distinguish between one who is spiritually minded and one who is not one who is a christian and one who is not a christian this matter is very important my dear brethren this whole matter of being spiritually minded it is so heart piercing that uh, anyone who would not be anyone who would not be 
who will not be who not feel the weight of this matter might as well not be a Christian because Christians must they must be spiritually minded now 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 consider with me that this is what we were the Bible tells us this is how we were worldly and earthly but then this is not how we ought to be. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, as we have been considering, in verse 1 and 2, it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You once walked. You were dead. You once walked this way. And then he says, Following the course of this world. That's how we were before we became Christians. Before we were saved. Before we were regenerated. We were following the course of this world but notice that the, 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 the world doesn't care whether you're a Christian or not the world wants you to be conformed to its patterns in the way you think in the way you walk in the way you talk in the way you conduct yourself if you're a husband in the way you conduct yourself if you're a wife in the way you conduct yourself if you have parents in the way you conduct yourself uh, as a as a church member in the way you conduct yourself in your place of employment the world wants you to be conformed to its patterns. And so we are doing this because the world wants you to be carnally minded, to be fleshly. Now consider with me the flesh. We are also doing this because it's not only that we are in the world, it's also that we have this flesh. The Apostle Paul tells us that the flesh has its own desires which are against the spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now the Christian would want to be spiritually minded. If you're a Christian, your desire is that your thoughts are heavenly. Your affections are Godward. But the flesh would not have you be like that. Their sinful nature is not how to make you a spiritual man. Because that's what the flesh represents there. The, the, the sinful nature, the re remaining sin in the believer. You know, The sinful nature would not, would, would, would not uh, uh, want you to be a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. It is how to put you down and to ensure that you indulge in the works of the flesh. And the, the works of the flesh are given us there those that emanate from the sinful nature the, we, we are told there in Galatians 5.19 their sexual immorality impurity, sensuality idolatry, sorcery enmity, strife jealousy, feats of anger, rivalries dissensions, divisions envy, drunkenness orgies and things like this and many other things like this that's how the flesh wants you to be. Your sinful nature would have you not be a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. Again, this is what we were. This is how we were. This is how you were. But the Bible tells us that this is not how we ought to be. The Apostle Paul uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 again tells us, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, and then it says in verse 3, you are carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. That's how we were. 
Now that we are Christians, there is a different way that we should be. We should be spiritually minded. We should have spiritual thoughts. We should have spiritual affections. The flesh is not out to ensure that you, you, you are a spiritual Christian. That you are spiritually minded. The flesh is out to do the exact opposite. So, so we are considering this whole matter of spiritual mindedness because, because we are in this world. Because we have the flesh. And lastly, because, because we have the devil. You know, then the devil, the devil is in the picture. You know, the Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that the devil is prowling, he prowls around like a lion, seeking for someone to devour. The devil does not seek the good of the saints. You know, we, <clears throat> we live in this day and time where people want to declare and decree things against the devil. Now, the truth of the matter is, the devil is more powerful than you, dear saint. We are only sustained because Christ is our Lord, because Christ is our King. But consider the, the, the immense power that the devil has, as it's been given to him by the sovereign God. And he is out to devour. He is looking for someone to devour. He does not seek the good of the saint. <clears throat> he indeed was not seeking the good of that righteous man, Job. Was he? No, he was not. And so then he, 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 he gets permission from God to go tempt Job. He would have everyone be like him. And, and, and you hear the words of Jesus when he speaks to the Pharisees and tells them, You are of your father, the devil. You lie because you are of him. You're a liar just like him. The devil would have everyone be like him. Rebelling against God and, 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 and therefore the Christian is encouraged. In that same passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Because the devil is there. Because the devil is your adversary, Peter tells us. But oh, how many Christians entertain the deception of the evil one. The lurings of the devil, the, the ideas of the devil, the temptations that the devil brings across. Now, th think, think with me. Are you wildly? Could it be that in the way you conduct yourself, you're more wildly than spiritual? Think with me, are you fleshly? Are your desires driven more by your flesh than by the Spirit of God? More by your sinful nature than by your, your being a new creation in Christ? This is why we are considering this matter of spiritual mindedness. Think with me, are you... Are you more lured by the devil than you are by God? Do you yield more to the promptings of the devil than the promptings of the Holy Spirit? 
Would you rather sin than bow before God? This is why we are considering this whole matter of spiritual mindedness. Because God commands that we be spiritually minded. God commands that we be spiritually minded. So the point that I would like to make in the next few weeks is that Christians must be spiritually minded. It's a must for you to be a spiritually minded believer. It is inevitable if we profess faith in Jesus Christ that we be spiritually minded. And so <clears throat> we we have all these um the world, the flesh, and the devil. And um <clears throat> like us to consider <clears throat> one passage Romans. Go with me to the book of Romans. I'm going to read a huge chunk there. I'll read verse 1 to verse 17. And I would like for you to pay careful attention to the language used there. Just listen to how, how the, 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 the word of God would be telling the Christian, you must be spiritually minded. You who are a Christian, you must, you must yield more to the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to verse 17. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done that which, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You however, however, are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Christ, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, 
we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, <clears throat> Listen to, the, listen to that language there. The Apostle Paul begins by saying that we have been saved and there is no condemnation. <clears throat> we are going to consider more of that in the morning sermon from Ephesians. But he says, those who are in Christ are safe. There is no condemnation, not now, not tomorrow, not in eternity. All that are in Christ are safe. They are safe in Him. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then he says that this, this is because the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ from the law of sin and death. And as we saw last week, uh, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his, his son. Born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. Now, the, the, the law of, of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ from the law of sin and death. And this law of sin and death is given us there in verse 3. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. And so, this is, this is the disposition of the Christian. The Christian has been saved by Christ. The Christian is indwelt by the Spirit of God. The Christian has been set free from the law of sin and death. It, it is no longer a requirement for him to, to, to follow the law so that he may be justified before God. God has, done, God has done it all. So because of that then, we are told there in verse 5 that uh, we have those who live those who walk according to the flesh and there are those who live according to the spirit those who live according to the flesh they set their minds you see that language their minds mindedness on the things of the flesh and those who walk according to the spirit these that have been saved these that have been justified these whom there is no therefore no, no condemnation because they are in Christ Jesus they set their minds, verse 5, on the things of the Spirit. And then look at verse 6. For to set the mind, you see, you see that language? The, 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 there is a setting of mind for the unbeliever and there is a setting of the mind for the Christian. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. And then we are told there that to set the mind on the Spirit is life. And peace. Now let me let me just say here that I am indebted to um, the greatest of the Puritans, uh, uh, Dr. John Owen, for the insights that we are going to have 
um, as we consider this matter of spiritual mindedness. <clears throat> I mean, I, I cannot come close to exposit that verse, at least verse 6, the way he does it. And so I would encourage you to purchase. You know, you, you can purchase the whole volumes, which are too expensive, but you can also purchase a small Puritan paperback uh, at 400 shillings from, from Axe Bookstore uh, uh, by the title Spiritual Mindedness. It's been abridged, made easier to read, and, and <clears throat> you'll you see how he does it, how, how he gets into the intricacies of this. But, but then, just consider with me verse 6. It says that there is a setting of the mind on the flesh, which is death, and there is a setting of the mind on the spirit, which is life and peace. Our interest as Christians is that our minds be set on the spirit. I'd like you to notice that it is spoken here <clears throat> as though there are two categories and two categories only. Those that are in the world, those that are of God. Those that are in the flesh, those that are in the spirit. So, so the, the, there are only two categories, unbelievers and believers. There, there is no in-between. And then we are told there that those who set their minds on the flesh die. Because to set the mind on the flesh is death. Death, spiritual death, death, uh, 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 physical death, separation from God, eternal death, forever and ever. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the, sp on the spirit is life and peace. The language used there is, is very definitive. There is this believer that has already been saved and therefore they have the Spirit of God indwelling in them. And because of that, it's, it's an inevitability that they will set their mind on the Spirit, right? So we are told there that... And, and you see the distinction there, verse 7. To set the mind on the flesh, sorry, for, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. And that's the mind that is set on the flesh. And that's not the mind of the Christian. That's the mind of the unbeliever. And so what I'm trying to do is to show you that the believer must, they must be spiritually minded, those who profess to have faith in Jesus Christ, those who, those who claim to have the Spirit of God indwelling them, they must be spiritually minded. It's, it's inevitable. Because we are told there in verse 7 that the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are, uh, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And that's not the Christian. That's the unbeliever. Because the unbeliever in the flesh does not have the thoughts of God. Does not think about anything uh, 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 regarding God. They do not want to submit to God. They cannot submit to God. And therefore, they are dead. What the Apostle Paul calls uh, death in trespasses there in Ephesians chapter 2. But the Christian, look at the way verse 9 begins. You, however, now we go back to verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You, you are a Christian, you who are a Christian, however, you are not in the flesh. And you see the progression of thought there. You are not that person whose mind is hostile to God. Rather, <clears throat> you 
have the spirit of God dwelling in you. Look at verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. So, so the Apostle Paul makes that clear distinction. He says, if you are a child of God, you're not in the flesh. <clears throat> if the spirit of God dwells in you, you're not in the flesh. And then he says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same language that he uses there in verse 9, um, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit, who dwells in you. So, so there's that constant uh, um, uh, communication of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. And because the Christian has the Spirit of God dwelling in them, they must be spiritually minded. I would like you to see from verse 6 there that <clears throat> while on the one hand to set the mind on the flesh is death, on the other hand to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Now, now, one of the greatest assurance of salvation, <clears throat> one, of, one of the greatest assurance of salvation is um, spiritual mindedness. When you're a spiritually minded Christian, the Bible tells us here, you have life and you have what? Peace. And, and, and this is not... <clears throat> These are not the temporal, you know, life and peace. No, no, this is life eternal. This is peace with God. This is assurance that God is yours, that uh, you are His, that He has saved you, that His Spirit dwells in you. Do you see the importance of this whole matter? I mean, if, if when you're spiritually minded, you have life and peace, don't you see the importance of it? It's very important that we all be spiritually minded. We all have spiritual thoughts and spiritual affections. Because to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. When you have the spirit of God dwelling in you, producing those spiritual thoughts and spiritual affections, you have life eternal. You have life and you have it abundantly. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ says. And then you have peace with God. You're reconciled to Him. There's no enmity. And then you can say with the Apostle Paul, there in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason I'm saying that <clears throat> verse 6 telling us of life and peace for those who are spiritually minded, those who set their mind on the spirit. The, the reason I'm saying that is because um, look, at, look at the context of, of this passage. Look at verse 12. I'll just read from verse 12 to verse 17 and, and notice how Paul communicates in such a way as to show that the, the whole matter of being children of God is intertwined in all this discourse about uh, being spiritually minded. So then, brothers, 
We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13 tells us, reiterates the point. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You see, he starts now talking about this, this assurance that we are children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You see, assurance of salvation there. The assurance that we are God's children. Because we have his spirit which does not take us back to, to fear, to slavery. But you have received the spirit of adoption. As sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And then we are told that the spirit himself bears with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so, so this, this whole matter of being spiritually minded, you know, as, as an application for you, is also important because um, it grants assurance of salvation. It, it, helps you, it, 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 it helps you be well grounded and know that I am a child of God because I have spiritual thoughts, and because I have spiritual affections. Because I am spiritually minded. Now, <clears throat> back to the question that I, I began with, encouraging you to think about it. Are you spiritually minded? Now, even though this matter of spiritual mindedness is inevitable for the Christian, it would also be true to say that some Christians are more spiritually minded than others. <clears throat> and it's like light. When light when light enters a room, um, it can enter as as long as it has an opening, light will enter, right? Now, my wife and I have been trying to um, uh, in fact, she texted me last night because I was up late. And there's this light that comes from the room that I am in. It gets to the room that the baby is sleeping in. And we have to figure out a way of ensuring that the baby sleeps. Because when there is light, the baby will not sleep. <clears throat> but then you realize that it's not as though the switch in the bedroom is switched on. It's that the light that comes into the, the room where the baby is sleeping comes from another room. And that light continues to be brighter and brighter when you open the door. When you close the door, it, it only comes through the... What do you call that uh, glass that is on top of the, uh, the door? I don't know, but... In a apple. When you open the door, light the light becomes more and more. <clears throat> Think of that that iron sheet there. If if light gets in through some small hole or some small piercing, <clears throat> when you continue 
opening the, the iron sheet, light gets in more and more. Think of... Um, um, uh, let, let those uh, illustrations suffice. The point is this. Spiritual mindedness is like that light. <clears throat> some Christians... To, to, for some Christians, it's like this. And, and the more we... The more we commune with God the more uh, uh, we become spiritually minded the more we draw near to God the more he draws near to us the less and less we indulge in the things of this world are attracted to the systems of this world yield to our own flesh and the promptings of the devil more than the things of God, the more we are less spiritually minded. I'm not just using those words to play around with words. But, but, but that's, that's, that's the truth of the matter. It's possible for you to be a Christian and to be less in your spiritual mindedness. So spiritual mindedness begins with our thoughts. It begins with the mind. Bible tells us that as a man thinks within himself, so is he in Proverbs 23. Listen to how John Owen puts it. Quote, Ordinarily, Voluntary thoughts are the best measure and indication of the frame of our minds. As the nature of the soil is judged by the grass which it brings forth, so may the disposition of the heart by the predominancy of voluntary thoughts. They are the original actings of the soul, the way whereby the heart puts forth and empties the treasure that is in it the waters that first rise and flow from that fountain every man's heart is his treasury and the treasure that is in it that is in it is either good or evil as our savior tells us end quote and so so our thoughts the, the way we think governs the way we conduct ourselves so that if we are spiritually minded, then we are spiritual Christians. And the opposite is true. Now consider, consider what the Bible tells us of all unregenerate men in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. It says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great enough, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Was only evil continuously. So every unregenerate man, the thoughts and the intentions of their hearts is only evil continuously. Because they do not have God. They do not love God. They do not bow to God. They do not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. Their minds are set on the flesh. And the Bible tells us here in Romans chapter 8 that this is hostility towards God. They cannot please God. It's not as though they want to. 
But even if they wanted, they wouldn't. They can't. Because their minds are set on the flesh. You, however, are not in the flesh. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us. So this is how I would like us to think as we begin this whole matter of spiritual mindedness. And so that it would be true to say that those thoughts which dominate and indicate what mindedness you have are those thoughts that are most voluntary. The thoughts that come to you voluntarily are the, the thoughts that govern you. They're the, the ones that determine the kind of person you are. Uh, to put it more clearly, the kind of Christian you are. Those things that come to you voluntarily, uh, um, 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 automatically, so to speak. Those are the ones that determine whether you're a spiritual, spiritually minded Christian or not. Thus then the spiritual mindedness consists in those voluntary, ordinary thoughts which, which we have about spiritual things. And the more we have them, the more spiritually minded we are. And the less we have them, the less spiritually minded we are. So, so, so consider with me the way you walk. What, what voluntary actions, what voluntary thoughts come to you, uh, you know, easily? Those are the ones that determine whether you are a spiritually minded Christian or not. The Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 35, Either make a tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his, out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth what? Evil. And so those things that voluntarily come from you, they come from your heart, and they're the ones that determine whether you're a spiritually minded Christian or not. This is, a, this is such an important, an important matter. Let me just get one, one more quotation from John Owen. Quote, he says, And this is the great difference that is between men in this world. Every man hath a treasure in his heart. Every, everyone has a treasure in, in his heart. That is a prevailing, inexhaustible principle of all his actings and operations. But in some, this treasure is good. In others, it is evil. That is, uh, uh, that is uh, the prevailing principle or, uh, in the heart, which carries along with it its dispositions and inclinations, um, is in some good and gracious, and in others it is evil. Out of his good treasure, a good man bringeth forth good things. And you can hear the words of Christ there in, in the way he speaks. The first opening of it, the first bringing, bringing, bringing of it forth is by these thoughts. The thoughts that arise out of the heart are of the same nature with the treasure that is in it. If the thoughts that, are nat that, that naturally arise and spring up in us are for the most part vain, foolish, 
sensual, earthly, selfish. Such is the treasure that is in our hearts. And such are we. But where the thoughts that thus naturally proceed from the treasure that is in the heart are spiritual and holy, it is an argument that we are spiritually minded. Brethren, we're just, we're just introducing this matter of spiritual mindedness. But, but I hope you can see that it is of utmost importance as we, as we begin to consider it. I'd like to make three applications as I finish. I have deliberately not asked for questions or comments because I would like, I'd like these things to be impressed upon our hearts. We're, we're going to engage more during the coming classes, Lord willing. But, but think about this matter very seriously. Number one, being spiritually minded distinguishes true believers and unbelievers. So that if you're a Christian, then you ought to think deeply about your spiritual mindedness. Paul tells us in Colossians, I believe, chapter 3, Verse 1, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so being spiritually minded distinguishes the Christian and the non-Christian. Number two, life and peace can only be obtained by this being spiritually minded. Because we are told that to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And so you, you have life eternal, you have peace unending with God in this whole matter of being spiritually minded. Because your thoughts are spiritual thoughts. Your affections are Godward. Number three, spiritual mindedness by principle um, is known from our deepest, dearest, and most voluntary thoughts. You, you, you know whether you're spiritually minded or not uh, because of the thoughts that you think. What thoughts deeply occupy your mind? What thoughts are so dear to you? What thoughts come easily and voluntarily from you? They will indicate and tell you whether you're spiritually minded or not. So, so being spiritually minded distinguishes true believers from unbelievers. Life and peace can only be obtained by this being spiritually minded. And spiritual mindedness by principle is known from our deepest, dearest and most voluntary thoughts. Let's let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity to consider this whole matter of spiritual mindedness. It may be broad, but grant that the things we consider would be helpful for our souls. We thank you that you have saved us by your grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We ask now that as we as we as we walk on this earth, we would be spiritually minded Christians. Grant that we would, that this this would this would this would appetize 
uh, us to think deeply about this matter of spiritual mindedness. And grant, O oh Lord, that we would be spiritually minded Christians, that our thoughts would be spiritual and holy, that our inclinations would be toward your spirit more than the flesh. Grant that you would be glorified by the way that we live. May the Lord Jesus Christ be exalted as we consider this matter and in our undertaking of it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.